passing live this life, but son, we don't see shade. She caught my eye, man, make my wife. I know she wanna be saved. Welcome back, everyone, to a new week of Inside the Dome. This is Under the Lights. I am John Dodero. I am joined with Carlin Jacob. New week, buddy. I am home for the holidays, so I'm recording now from my house. But how are you doing on this brand new week? I'm doing pretty well. Um, We have a lot to talk about on this episode, surprisingly. Um. We're going to get through the, everything that happened in the NFL, the big, big news. And then tomorrow we will obviously talk about NFL. We're going to talk about fantasy football real quick. Talk about college football and the Heisman, WVU Sports, the NBA, NBA in tournament finished up. We're seeing a Pens game next week. So all things mentioned. And we have two questions from John's parents because John is home, like he said. It's been a long day for him and I. Um, tomorrow's going to be a longer day for me. But, yeah, yeah. let's get at this, brother. Yeah, definitely. Now, normally on Under the Lights, we typically talk about our Pittsburgh Steelers. And this week is a negative when it comes to the Steelers. It's not a happy week. So we're not going to start this episode on a negative note. We're going to start on a little positive note. Carlin and I had a very fun weekend, I would say. We had a really fun weekend. And we teased this in last week's episode, but the Travis Scott concert happened on friday and not was it friday yeah friday no it's friday in pittsburgh and carlin and i were there and oh my goodness what a concert that was that was so what a concert what a concert bro my ears hurt that night badly they were ringing i've been to a lot of concerts this year and i've never been a rap concert i'm not a big rap guy um john knows this some people may some people don't I'm more in a country or anything else besides rap. Um, I'll listen to anything. I'll even joke about John with like Taylor Swift or something. It's just, just for fun. Like, I don't know. Not because like, oh, I'm a diehard. I just like different types of music. But I love Travis Scott. And that was an experience. I'm glad you and I went together. I told you this. It was a good time for you and I to go together. Though John told my told me because he didn't come out until like 9.30, John looked at me. He's like, we should have showed up at 9.20. <laughs> and I was like, no. I mean. We would have met Tezo Touchdown. Yeah, Tezo Touchdown. He did the opener. So I don't know a lot from him. Yeah, he has a couple decent features. I'll say that. But. Yeah, once Travis came out, he played a lot of great hits of his, a lot from Utopia. Uh, I think Butterfly Effect is when, like, the whole crowd really got into it. I think that's when I, like, I was really into it by that point. Was Butterfly Effect before I know? Uh, Yeah, it was before. Yeah, because I know it went hard. Yeah, there were a couple moments where he brought people onto the stage. They got to ride that little skull that was in the sky. Yeah, it was pretty cool. He brought up a guy on crutches, too. So, nice moment from Travis. I know it was great, everybody. That was a great sing-along song right there. That was great. Um, Fiend. Fiend. Eight times. Eight times. Pittsburgh got it eight times. Uh, that was crazy. If you know it the song not Fiend. not the most, though. Yeah. If you know the song Fiend, imagine hearing that beginning part eight times. It was an experience. And then he ended it off some sicko mode, some goosebumps, and then and ended it with telekinesis. That was a great way to end it, in my opinion. It really was. And I know Dan Smith is actually seeing him today when this drops, uh, all the way in Detroit. So he's performing once again. There might be a feature if you go to any of these Travis concerts. There might be a feature. So yeah, he just brought out Uzi in Philly. So, yeah, so John sent me a text this morning saying, I called it. <laughs> I just sent me a video of Uzi coming up. But, I'm like, he's bringing out Uzi in Philly, and he did. But yeah, great experience. Great experience. And I would definitely do it again. But one more thing that we did um, back to our movie roots on Inside the Dome. If you want to see some of our earlier movie reviews, go back all the way to our summer episodes. We have a couple there. But we saw another movie 
this weekend, one that I did not expect us to see, Godzilla Minus One, a Japanese movie, completely spoken in Japanese, had English subtitles, but uh, your thoughts on this movie that we saw? Yeah, what, it was a $15 million budget? Yeah, $15 million budget. I think John and I were talking, it's top three favorite movies of mine this year, and I don't like watching movies with subtitles. Sometimes I do. If it's like very quiet or something, I will. Um, I did not watch Squid Game with subtitles. I watched the dub version. Man, so don't come at me for that. But it was a really good movie. I've never cared about characters in a Godzilla King Kong movie ever until this movie came out. I don't know. You just felt so attached to them. I'm not. We're not. I'm not going to try to pronounce any of their names. There's the mother, the father, and then the daughter. Um, basically, long story short, if it's still in theaters when you're listening to this, it is definitely worth a watch. It really, really is. And John and I were talking. There's not much of Godzilla. Granted, fifteen million dollar budget. But first off, think if there was more of a fifteen million dollar budget, and second off. John and I looked at each other at points. We're like, dang, we want more than humans. Like, like this movie could have done well without the human or without Godzilla in it. Like if they changed like the threat that they were facing, like I think the story would have just fit with anything. Like it was a pretty good story in general. And you were able to like root for the characters. So $15 million budget. And it's better than a lot of these movies that came out this year. Easily better than the Marvels. I know we saw that the time before but yeah great movie what would you say out of 10 that you would give it nine 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 i'd say nine as well i think it's a solid nine i mean i would just love to see this movie like with a slightly better budget too and just see like how crazy they could go but i mean this was great for what it was great story like one thing we were talking about at points it looked a little wonky but with a $15 million budget, it's not like you can make it look fantastic. You know, you can only do, yeah. do so much. And also, one other thing we forgot to mention without trying to spoil the movie. Um, it's a time period movie. So it takes place during World War II. Um, which, honestly, I feel like these modern day like monster movies need to be taking place during this time. Because nowadays, you're like, oh, you can nuke it. First off, I think Nuke Godzilla would be the worst possible decision ever. Yeah. But it just makes it better because they don't like, obviously, like, one big part is like planes. Like, now we can get fighter jets to like fly across Godzilla. You know, like, back then that wasn't really an option. But overall, a really, really good movie. Please go see it in theaters if you can. Um, and don't, don't let the Japanese, um, language detect you away from it if you're american also one other thing it's funny how the japanese took shots at the americans <laughs> yeah. um it wasn't like anything crazy but like it was during world war ii Jap- japan was at its lowest point after they yeah. lost so yeah that's where the godzilla minus one name comes from a little bit but yeah i definitely recommend it we both give it a nine out of ten if you want to see what my favorite movie was of the year, Oppenheimer. We have a review of that back in the summer, so definitely listen to that. What's your favorite movie right now? Just before we move on, of twenty twenty three, Guardians. 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 I don't think we have a review of that. We nah. do not have. A review. Nah. There's a reason we don't have a review. Nah. I don't know why though, but overall, yeah, good year for movies. Yeah, very good year, twenty twenty five. That will be a year. We'll get to that another day. But it's time to go to a bad note here. Man, oh my. The Pittsburgh Steelers. Oh my god. How about them? How about them Steelers? They lost again. This time to the the New England Patriots. Just they've just lost back to back weeks against two and ten teams. Absolutely embarrassing. Mitch Trubisky started this game. People at Akershire Stadium were chanting for Mason Rudolph to come in. It was just an absolute disaster of a game. Garland, you were at the game. So you and Jordan were at the game. So uh, your thoughts? What an experience to be with Jordan at the game, honestly. Um, my mic's like hanging on a loose. Hold on. 
I, I got you for a bit. Fix your mic. Uh, yeah, Carlin and Jordan were at the game. Uh, Jordan is a big Patriots fan, if you have not listened to some of the previous episodes that he's been on. Loves the Patriots back since the Tom Brady days. But this year has yeah. probably been the worst year for the Patriots, I would say. It, it has been, and I think it's really sad that the Steelers lost to it. I think if Mitch didn't start and Kenny did, we probably would have won. I don't think we would have won in a dominating fashion, but I think it would have been a lot more closer. Mitch threw almost three picks. He only threw one, surprisingly. He did do good on the running game. I will give him that, but there was just a couple key missed moments. But I think I want to talk about one thing, and one thing only, because I'll let John talk about the rest of it, because I'm more passionate about the next topic, and I want to get to it. Um, but all I want to say is third and two, two minutes and one second left on the clock. No, two minutes and four seconds, two minutes and four seconds. Steelers only have one timeout. You're trailing. You need a tutty. Two minute warnings coming up. You only have one timeout. Third and two, run the ball up the middle. Now I know what you're thinking, Carlin, you need a touchdown. Yes, you do. But if you don't get this, you can QB sneak it and make it on fourth and inches or even it's third and two again. Just get it closer. And besides, time's going to stop regardless of what you get here, whether it's a first down or nothing, because of the two-minute warning. You don't have to worry about it. They decide to throw it, and they don't get anything. Fourth and two comes up. You think, oh, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Hmm. You need two yards. Maybe they'll go for five. Nope, they went for 30. Yep. On a horrible pass by Mitch Trubisky. Mitch Trubisky looks absolutely awful. Um, He's been overthrowing everyone. And he is confirmed to start against the Colts. And this is his last game, in my opinion. This is his last game. If he doesn't do good, you need to bench him and start Rudolph. Or hopefully Kenny will be back. Because if you lose this game and lose one more, you're out of the playoffs. And I'm pretty sure you go below 900, 500. If I'm correct by saying that. If they lose the next game, they will be exactly at 500. Yeah. And then you would have to beat the Bengals and beat the Ravens. Uh, beat the ba- Sorry, beat the Ravens and beat the Seahawks. Two very hard teams to beat right now. That's my thoughts yeah. on this game. Overall, uh, Patriot fans, uh, from what I saw, you are very, very nice, surprisingly. Uh, you are not my least favorite fan base to attend a game with. San Francisco, you have the number one spot. I'm sure Philly, you're going to have it soon. Don't worry. Yeah. Um, I got some points. So I'll start with the Patriots first since we're essentially covering this game. We won't cover it in our tomorrow episode. They suck. And this game doesn't change anything. If I had to make a power ranking, I would still have them as the second worst team in the league. They beat our injured defense and our offense, who has Mitch Trubisky as quarterback, that's not impressive. Bailey Zappi, two of his touchdowns, I know by heart, one of our fifth-string linebackers was covering the guy. Uh, One of them was covering Zeke on his first. One of them was covering Hunter Henry. So Bailey Zappi had a very easy day because when you don't have inside linebackers, that hurts. That really hurts. We had a Landon Roberts still, but he wasn't available in every single play. But they got lucky. But then again, the Patriots... This game was a lose-lose for everybody because the Patriots should be trying to tank for Caleb Williams or Drake May, and winning does not help. So the Steelers successfully ruined two tanks two weeks in a row. So Patriots... I I don't even know what to say about them. I will (laughs) say one thing, though. The Bears are not going to draft a quarterback. It's going to help the Patriots. I'm just saying. Because the Bears won. And Carolina lost. Still, yeah. Carolina sucks. And it's not going to change anything. And the Bears aren't going to get a quarterback. So I think the Patriots will get Drake May or um, whatever his name is, Caleb Williams. Yeah, I think I'll, I'll give my thoughts on that in tomorrow's episode if the Bears will draft. I kind of want to watch Justin Fields specifically tomorrow through highlights. Just see how he did. But... I'll give my thoughts on that situation tomorrow. But Patriots, you're 3-10. and 10. That did not help. Steelers, your defense, I'm not as mad about. I'm really not because when you look at it, 
Alex Highsmith had to be tested for concussion. TJ Watt is also in concussion protocol. He was probably playing through a concussion after he got kneed in the face first play. So he's probably playing with a concussion, which is not smart. But that could have impacted his play. And then, obviously, the middle linebackers, they're injured. I mean, you don't have Cole Holcomb, Quan Alexander. It's a Landon Roberts and a bunch of no-names. Miles Jack hasn't been promoted yet. So I it's hard to complain about them. Joey Porter's been nice. Minka's Minka. But the, the, the problem is the offense. And... This is a very complicated situation for the Steelers because Kenny Pickett getting hurt at this time was probably the worst thing possible because people wanted him out. Dan Smith, I think, wants him out. And he's only had one game without Matt Canada. And I think it's safe to agree. I mean, would you agree with it? His one game without Matt Canada was actually a pretty good game. Would you say that? Yeah, I would, 100%. It was probably the best game ever, and he didn't look too bad. He didn't look fantastic. But then again, you can't be a fantastic QB the day your coordinator gets fired. So, Yeah, and so he goes down. So now we're back to discussing quarterback again. And Mitch Trubisky, you're right, he did not play good. He had multiple throws that could have been intercepted. I, I will say this to Steelers fans. Steelers fans, I already told you this, Carlin. Don't be saying, like, bring in Mason Rudolph because you think he will be better. I will say this. Mason Rudolph will not be better than Mitch but, Trubisky. Okay. He will not be. But here's what I keep telling you. What? You bring him in and see if he can play better. If he yeah. plays better, you got to start him. I'm not saying he's going to be a mile better, but as to it throws this deep ball to Waddle. Um, I'm not going to say he's going to be a mile better, but if you're trying to still make the playoffs, because you have the seven, six seed right now, I believe. Yeah, six seed. We'll get to that in a bit. But You know, you got to see who your quarterback can take you. Also, yeah. Jalen Waddle just got hurt on this play. Monday Night Football is on the double hitters, so John and I get distracted. That is why fantasy fantasy's wrapping up. So, Yeah. Um, I agree with you. I, I would start Mason Rudolph just to see what he has, but I would just say to Steelers fans, don't expect him to be better because he won't be. We've watched him for multiple years. Mason Rudolph is not it. Honestly, it's surprising he's still in the team, but he has value as the third-string quarterback. That's essentially it. So don't expect much if they decide to bring in Mason Rudolph. Don't start celebrating or anything. It won't change much. But next problem they have, George Pickens was targeted six times. He had five grabs for 19 yards. Short routes. That was it. You would think in these moments, third and two, fourth and two, especially fourth and two, you would just try to get him the ball, have him one-on-one, and have him do his thing. That doesn't exist in Mitch Trubisky's head. George, like George Pickens, I would say, is our best player on offense. He is our best player. I would trust him to grab almost anything. Have him in one-on-one situations. Let him make those grabs. This team does not believe in that for some reason. And George Pickens has shown his frustrations. At one point, he deleted everything off of his Instagram. He put some of it back on, though. And you've seen him complain on the field. You saw him complain against the Patriots on the field. Like, you saw his defeated look. And honestly, I would not be surprised if he wanted out at some point because we failed to utilize him. And it's sad. It really is sad. He is an incredible player, and he is once again being underutilized. Would that have changed with Kenny Pickett? Maybe. But that's the thing, my last point. What do you do from now on? That is going to be the question, because Mitch is starting next week. I don't know when Kenny Pickett's coming back, but there's only like four more weeks left. So I'm going to bring in one of the questions from my dad. Uh, He asked me this. Should the Steelers look to trade for Justin Fields? And we were also talking about potentially bringing in a free agent like Kirk Cousins as well. But Justin Fields is an option. Kirk is an option. Drafting a quarterback is an option. Do you think, I'll ask you, do you think they should be aggressive after the season, get a new quarterback, or roll with Kenny Pickett one more year? You get Justin Fields. Justin Fields, yep. Justin Herbert might want out. 
I you bet. could honestly, but I think we'll stick with Kenny one more year. He's got to prove himself because think about it this way. If Kenny does really, really good somewhere else, like if he's a generational talent quarterback, which I'm not saying he will be, but if he is and you trade him, that's not good. So we'll yeah. see. They're going to stick with him, I think, though. Yeah, I think I think they will stick with him. And it's more, I mean, the injury came at a worse time because this was the time here to evaluate him these past couple weeks. This is the time to evaluate him and see, without Matt Canada, is he the guy? And we just haven't had enough games with him without Matt Canada. So I would say if I didn't make a prediction, they would stick with him one more year and just see what he has. Try building around him one more year. It's always the three years. That's what a lot of quarterbacks get. It's usually three years. See how they do. If it's not good after year three, then move on. But then again, this is the best quarterback class coming in for a while. I don't think next year's class will be better, in my opinion. So there is that to consider, too. Last thing to consider with the Steelers. Similar question in a way. Should they fire Mike Tomlin? Do you think? Should the Ravens fire John John Harbaugh? Oh, man. Don't. Before, okay, everyone's going to say I'm crazy. But there's a stat that proves why as Tyreek Hill gets a great catch for my fantasy team. Um, John Harbaugh has only won one playoff game since their Super Bowl appearance and winning the Super Bowl against the Niners. Mike Tomlin has only won three, I'm pretty sure, since their playoffs win against the since they won the Super Bowl against the Cardinals, which is like two or three years apart. John, do you know if I'm right there? I can't confirm. But point is, John Harbaugh hasn't got fired yet. I think it's gonna it's gonna be a very uh situation to decide what they do. Um he I honestly think Tomlin's gonna have his first losing season this year. I know we've had this conversation where you say, Oh, this man will never have it, which we'll see, but right now we're on the path to it. And if we don't win this week against the Colts, I think it's very well happening. But right yeah. now, I, I say just wait. You have to see how the rest of the season goes. because, And also, you have to think about it this way. You get Kenny, right? With Kenny next year, I think having Tomlin as the head coach is the key. If you fire Tomlin, it's going to still screw Kenny all up. You know, like putting him in a new system and like you're doomed. So I think you obviously have to keep Tomlin. But if Tomlin doesn't do well next year with Kenny, they're both gone, in my opinion. Yeah, I'll I'll respond to that, and then we can move on to the next thing. With Harbaugh, though, I will I'll defend Harbaugh on one thing. They've been better a bit more recently, the Ravens. They've had to deal with a lot of injuries, too. They're always the team that is the most injured, except this year. They've actually been better this year. And Harbaugh actually got an offensive coordinator when they needed it. But I do agree with you. Harbaugh has kind of been on the hot seat a little bit in my eyes. But with Tomlin... I'll say my prediction first. I think they'll keep him and Kenny one more year, but it'll next year would be the make or break year, no matter what happens after this season. Um, if Tomlin and Pickett don't do well, if they have another season where they miss the playoffs, then I could see both of them being gone and the Steelers just starting fresh. And there's, I will entertain this. There is the option this year. I mean, it's not crazy for quarterbacks to move on early. You saw it with Josh Rosen. They moved on from him after year one. Trey Lance, they moved on from him pretty early, in my opinion. They've kind of given up on Zach Wilson, in a sense. Uh, Mac Jones, they're already moving on. but So it does happen. They move on from first-round quarterbacks. They're in year three. Yeah. Crazy. Well, I would say more... Uh, Josh Rosen is my key example. They moved on after year one for a higher quarterback. So, I mean, they could move on from Kenny, get a better prospect. That is an option. But what I was going to say is you could also trade Mike Tomlin, get a first-round pick for him. That does happen. Saints got a first-round pick from Sean Payton. Trade him after this season. Get rid of Kenny. You have two first-round picks. Draft the quarterback. 
draft someone else in the first round is an option, but I don't think Mike that Tomlin, would. Dude, listen, hear me out. Hear me out. Mike Tomlin for Justin Fields. Nah, we'd get Justin Fields in a first for him. Good coaches are worth first round picks. Just know that. I mean, yeah, and I mean the man's never had a losing season, so yeah. Like I could see the Commanders easily trade for Mike Tomlin. They would love that. But I would. What was I going to say? I was going to say something else. Entertainment idea. I like it. Um. Yeah, I think that that would be something the Steelers could consider. I kind of forgot the last thing I was going to say, but we'll move on. Maybe I'll remember it in a bit. NFL though. A lot of other things happened in the NFL. Starting, honestly, this surprised me. This really did. Because with the Steelers, they've lost two back-to-back weeks against bad teams. And those wins would have been crucial right now. Because right now, the playoff race in the AFC, we're only going to talk AFC for this episode, it is tight right now. Completely tight. In my opinion, the only two teams that are almost locked are the Ravens and Dolphins, if the Dolphins win tonight, which they're on their first drive. They look like they're about to score, potentially. But you look at the wild card race, though. Cleveland's 8-5. But after that, the Steelers are still in the playoffs with a 7-6 record. Colts have a 7-6 record. Those are the three wild card teams. But after that, the Houston Texans are 7-6. The Denver Broncos are 7-6. The Bengals are seven and six, and the Buffalo Bills are seven and six. You have six teams right now that have a seven and six record. Cleveland has an eight and five record. Jacksonville is holding on with an eight and five record. And even the Chiefs, which we'll get to in a bit, the Chiefs have an eight and five record, and the Denver Broncos, who beat them already, they're right behind them. These playoffs are crazy right now. I mean, how do you see these playoffs right now? What surprises you, in a way? Oh, um, the Chiefs. Honestly, the Chiefs. Um, I wouldn't say the Ravens. I like I crapped on the Ravens so much in the off season, but now I'm like, yeah, I get the Ravens now. Jags surprise me a little bit. Um, Colts definitely surprised me. Same with the Texans from being two of the worst teams last year now to being two of the best. Absolutely crazy. Uh, that AFC, seven teams are still in the reach for the wild card spot, which is insane. I love it. Good football. Yeah, definitely. I mean, God, I, I don't know how the Steelers are in right now. I really don't. We, they play the we Colts. don't deserve it. Saturday. They play. I, oh, I know what I was going to say with the Steelers. My final prediction for their season. They're going to have a winning record. I know you said that they won't. And honestly, I wouldn't okay, be surprised. Okay. All right. I, I, I have one question. They lose with the Colts this week, and they're 7-7. They're, uh, seven, seven seven. Seven. Do they go over 500 or not? Oh, they will. I'm just going to say why they will. Because last year proved to me that no matter what situation this garbage team is in, they will go 9-8 and eight, no matter what. Last year was the year where I was saying to my dad and others, we are going to have a losing season. This team is not it. They were probably under 500 when I was saying it, too. And I was like, they are going to have a losing season. It's over. And somehow, some way, through some, honestly, some BS at this point, they found a way to go 9-8. and eight. It's going to happen again. I'm not even going to think that it's not going to happen because it will happen. They will go nine and eight, no matter what I predicted it early. It will happen. If it doesn't happen, you might as well just fire Tomlin because he's got nothing else, but they will go nine and eight. But final thought about the playoff. Um, Yeah. The Steelers, they don't deserve it. The Denver Broncos, the Denver Broncos surprised me. They really did. Um, they were one and five at one point, and now they're seven and six. That's incredible. That really is. And honestly, they have a legit shot to make it. They really do. Because I think the Steelers will fall off. But the Colts and Texans, I would say Texans, but they're missing their top two receivers right now, so that might hurt them 
I don't think the Bengals will make a run. Bills still have a tough schedule in general. But I think Cleveland holds on. That'll be the final team, I say. I think Cleveland holds on. Joe Flacco is elite. I got to say that right now. He is an elite quarterback. And I also think the Chiefs and Jaguars will hold on, too. Maybe not as division leaders, but I think they'll hold on. But one more thing. I know it's not on our list, but I, 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 I we have to mention it. One team that I will confidently say will not make the playoffs, the Los Angeles Chargers. And they are 5-8. and eight. With the team that they have, they are 5-8, and eight, which is honestly pathetic, in my opinion. Honestly pathetic. So I think we've talked about it throughout the weeks, but I'll ask you. Is it time now? They obviously can't do it this week because they're on a short schedule. But is it finally time to fire Brandon Staley? Oh, it's been time since they've lost more two and six at the beginning of the year, or whatever they were. It has been a time coming a long way. Now Justin Fields is hurt. Not sorry, Justin Herbert. The ham. We don't know how long he's going to be out. They play on Thursday night. He's not expected to play Thursday. Yeah, which we know. The I I, I think it's time. I. And also, do you trade Justin Herbert? It's Justin Herbert went out. I don't think he won. I mean, here's the thing. They are paying him a lot of money. So I don't think he's in any right to be complaining when you're being paid the second highest year by year. Yeah, but then again, if you have the grind to win the Super Bowl, you're not winning the Super Bowl with the Chargers team right now. You know? It, I think, I think af- after signing that extension... I don't think he will want out, especially with a new head coach coming in, most likely. But remember, Roger signed his extension, and then he went it out. Yeah, but I, I'm i not on that path right now. Yeah. I Not yet. If next year, maybe. If next year with a new head coach, they look the same, maybe. But I'll say this with Staley. I actually kind of defended him in his early years. I liked his aggressiveness. I liked his mentality. I liked some of the speeches he said. But this was the year. With the team that they had, if you missed the playoffs, that was embarrassing. And they are on their path to miss the playoffs. Utterly embarrassing, in my opinion. Great defense. And he's a defensive-minded player. and Or a defensive-minded coach. And the defense sucks. That's the nicest way to put it. So he should be fired by the end of this season. And they got to look for somebody different. Hopefully not Kellen Moore, who is currently the offensive coordinator there. I don't think that would change a thing. Look beyond. Look bright. Look for Ben Johnson, maybe. But, yeah, Brandon Staley, not good. But next two, final two things NFL-related. Um, Dallas Cowboys and Philadelphia Eagles. Sunday night football. You and I predicted this correctly. We That's both cool. predicted the Cowboys to win. We did. We both correct. Cowboys remain undefeated at home this season. So my question to you, I feel like we've said this a little bit, but now I think there's a more definitive answer. Are the Eagles frauds this season? Mm. Part of me wants to say yes, but they're still a good team. I feel like they're kind of on the Lions page right now, but again, the Lions haven't really beat anyone like crazy, crazy. Um, The Eagles have. They beat the Bills. They beat the Dolphins. So they have beat good teams. They haven't beat Dallas at Dallas in a very long time, since 2017. And they lost to the Jets. And they lost to the Niners. Really good teams minus the Jets. They're getting there. I don't think they're winning the Super Bowl. Calling it right now. The Eagles or the Chiefs will not make the Super Bowl. And... Potentially not make the conference championship. Yeah. Like I I think I said this last week, we will have to have an episode where we look back at our old predictions because we had the Bills versus Eagles as our Super Bowl (laughs) prediction. And I think we both said we had the Eagles winning. I think I'm right on that. Yes. Are they frauds? No. I still think they're a top 10 team. Probably maybe top five if I looked at it. Because they had a fluke loss to the Jets, but then you lost to the Niners and Cowboys in bad fashion, though. So they're right behind 
the Niners and Cowboys. And honestly, those two teams are probably the best two teams in the league. One and two. Niners and Cowboys, I would say. But the Eagles still, they beat the Chiefs. No matter how you put it, they beat the Chiefs. And they beat the Dolphins. They have a lot of good wins still. They have their problems, though. The Eagles this whole season, even when they were undefeated, they still had their problems. This wasn't like the year before where they were undefeated and they looked like a complete team. This year, they were a good team with problems. And I think those problems are starting to show. But they have time. Because one, they have the easiest schedule out of the three top teams in the NFC. They play the Seahawks, the Giants twice, and the Cardinals. That should be four wins right there. So chances are they win out. Dallas has a tough schedule. They have to play Buffalo. I think the 49ers have a... The 49ers play the Ravens, too. So the Eagles still have the best shot at the one seed, as crazy as it is. So they they just got to make easy work of these bad teams coming up, I would say. But final topic of NFL. I'm actually just looking at it a bit more on Instagram right now as we speak. Patrick Mahomes had a bit of a reaction against the Bills. So near the end of the game, once again, he was in a two-minute drill. And he threw a pass to Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey did a lateral to Kadarius Toney for the touchdown. Insane play until it got rolled back. Because Kadarius Toney was clearly offside. The referee couldn't even see the ball. That's what they said. And Mahomes was mad. Because the refs ruined the game because of that. That The refs refs should let them play it out. Mm -hmm. This sounds a little familiar from a recent Super Bowl, Uh, might I add. If I was a reporter and I got to ask Mahomes questions, I would just ask him, like, what his thoughts were. You would get fired. and I know you, I would get fired. You would immediately I would, get fired. I know, but I would just ask him, like, would your opinion? Does your opinion change from the Super Bowl when the referees did not let the Eagles play it out and they ended the game on a weak holding call? Has your opinion changed, Patrick Mahomes? Clearly, yeah. It's here's the thing. I say this time and time again. I made a TikTok about it. You like the TikTok. Go follow us on TikTok and inside the dome. You can't blame this game on the refs. Three things. Number one, yes, Von Miller was lined up offsides for one play. And there was the um, crucial catch where it wasn't catch or whatever. Do you know what I'm talking about where the uh, they overturned it? I can't think exactly, I'm but my, I'm not there sure. was that. Okay. Those two situations... Yes, the refs are held accountable for that. I can say that. But did the refs make Mahomes throw a pick? Oh, oh, Carlin, Carlin, they didn't score on that drive. Okay, fine. What about that fumble? What about that fumble? The Bills picked it up and scored a touchdown. Same thing with the Eagles Super Bowl last year. I said that, yes, it is a very weak call. However, Hurts had a fumble six. You don't have that fumble six. You're not in that position. You can you can't blame the refs in certain situations. The only way I would ever blame the refs, in my opinion, right, is you throw a perfect game. Like you have every time you get the ball, you score minus on a defense, and their defense has a horrible game. You know, but then again, you think about it that way. Well, then your defense should have been better to stop the offense, right? But even, let's say not that. Let's say you have a great offensive game and there was a bad call at the end. Fine, you can blame the refs. But you know how rare that happens? Barely ever. And like I said, I won't even call it. You didn't lose this game because of the refs. You lost this because Kadarius Tony lined up offsides. And here's the thing, in my opinion. According to people, and according to Andy Reid, he said... Normally, if someone's lined up offsides, the ref will come over to him and say, hey, just so you know, number 19's lined up offsides. And they'll go, oh, okay, thanks. Hey, Tony, back up. Darius Tony is a veteran at this point. Or he's been in the league. Um, he's been in the league long enough to know whether he is offsides or not offsides. Whose fault is that? 
You know? Stonies, yeah. Like, if it's brutally obvious and you don't call it and they score a touchdown, you know how many other people will say, well, they didn't call that. And then the Chiefs fans will be like, well, they missed it. Who cares? Like, there's no win to this debate whatsoever. Point is, Tony lined up offsides. And at the end of the day, it's his fault. Now, for what Mahomes said, first off, I have respect for Mahomes as a player. Don't get me wrong. But what he said to Josh Allen, like, that was a horrible call. Like, come on. He was, he was still complaining. Like, after the game was over, he's going to shake Josh Allen's hand, and he's still complaining. Like that I think I would have been more respectful of it if he said, you know, to Josh, hey, hell of a game, bro. Um, that was a horrible call. And Josh would be like, yeah, but, like, good game. Like, that's better than saying that was a horrible-ass call. Like, what are you supposed to do in that scenario, you know? Yeah. It's not it's not the ref's fault. And Chief fans, now you know what it feels like to be on the other side of this. Because it sucks. Yeah. I mean, this is like the first time the Chiefs were really on the other. Actually, no, they weren't on the other side of an issue. They really weren't. I mean, it was not... A bad call. It was an obvious call. Kadarius Tony needs to be better. Mahomes was saying like how it didn't impact the play or anything like that. And that that no. You're in the NFL. You gotta play by the rules, in my opinion. But yeah, it just wasn't good. The only other thing I could think of maybe is Mahomes was trying to take all the attention off of Kadarius Tony, so he decided to take one for the team. That's the only other thing I could think of for Mahomes to act that way. But he will get fined by the NFL. The NFL loves their fines, and he spoke out against the officials. That'll do the trick right there. Andy Reid, too, spoke out against the officials. So they will both get fined. And for once, actually, rightfully so, because for once the officials were right. But moving on from the NFL, we got a lot more tomorrow with the NFL. Fantasy football. Regular season, for most people, is officially over at this point. Dan Smith, unfortunately, did not make the playoffs in his league. He told me that he did not make it, but he was not last place in his league, so he does not have to do a punishment. So congrats to Dan Smith for not having to do a punishment. But my league, I qualify for the playoffs. The Monday games mean nothing for me. I have officially qualified. Justin Jefferson came in. Got four points, then left. I'm very sad. I'll get more into that tomorrow. But otherwise, a good week. Austin Eckler returned to form, 21 points. Uh, Lions players had some duds, but wasn't that bad. Did not have much competition at all. I officially made the playoffs, my playoff league. And my, my money league, I should say. So I am very happy. Carlin, moment of truth. Did you have an undefeated season? I'm sweating right now. Tyreek Hill just got hurt. <laughs> uh, he's on the sidelines, but he ran off. He landed on his ankle, but I think they're just letting him sit out for a drive so he can get healed up, which is honestly the smart play. Um, I'm not too mad about that. I had to start Tommy DeVito this week. Gina Smith got hurt. Uh, you can see Hill's just walking around right now. It's 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 scaring me right now. He I don't know what he's deciding to do. But Are you still up, though? I'm down by seven right now. The issue is is that the Miami defense scored a touchdown and interception. So I need does to your opponent. Does your opponent so. have the Miami defense? He does. Okay. Which is honestly really good for him because it's the Titans, and I don't think the Titans will do much. Um, But I need Hill to get back in there, and I think he, I, he better. He's so better. Like I said, though, I think he's just going to sell out the rest of this drive, which should be smart. But I don't know. We will have to see tomorrow. So make sure you tune in for Inside the Dome uh, for this week in the NFL because this is the last game, and I'm sweating now. If yeah. Geno Smith started, wouldn't have been as bad. Also, my kicker got me negative one points. Speaking of your kicker, my kicker, Brandon Aubrey, got me 23. I'm very happy. Yeah. Brandon Aubrey and picking him up. I will say this. I, I've given fantasy tips. I said good Cowboys defense. For the most part, that worked out. 
And the other thing I'll tell people, pick up whoever the Cowboys kicker is. Doesn't matter who, just pick them up. Usually, uh, normally it's a good pick. So do that in the future. Unless if you're the, uh, unless they're in the playoffs. <laughs> or yeah. But moving on, we'll get away from the NFL for the rest of this episode. College football. We got a big episode this week. In a way, we will start predicting bowl games in this week's episode. We got 10 bowl games coming up. Before we get there, a Heisman winner was revealed while we were watching Godzilla minus one. Jaden Daniels, second LSU quarterback since Joe Burrow, has won the Heisman. Congrats to him. Definitely. He had a fantastic season. I mean, really? If LSU had a better defense, this LSU team would have been really well. Because Jane Daniels was not the problem. He was excellent. He gave Malik Neighbors his best season. Malik Neighbors actually had a better season than Marvin Harrison. And they gave the best wide receiver award to Marvin Harrison, which I think is absolutely surprising in my opinion. But congrats to Jaden Daniels. I remember when he transferred to Oregon, his first game against Florida State, I believe it was, all he could do was run. He could not throw the ball. And fans were complaining about him in his early days at LSU. All he could do was run the ball. He wasn't a good thrower. He was wasting Keyshawn Booty's days. He was a wide receiver for LSU, Keyshawn Booty. He now plays for the New England Patriots. But people are saying Daniels was wasting his potential there. And Daniels was not a good fit. But over that season, he started to get better and better and better. And he was actually having good games running and passing. And then you see this season where Jaden Daniels had a fantastic season. And now he is a round one pick in the NFL draft, most likely. I know Dan Smith really wants him to go to the Steelers. I mean, Jane Daniels really boosted his resume this season. So big congrats to him. But uh, your thoughts, Carlin, on the Heisman pick? Do you agree with it? He was the most. He was the most deserving out of all of them. He carried that team on his back. That's the only reason why Bo Nix had a great team around him. Um, Marvin Harrison Jr. was a long shot, even though he is a great player. It's just a very long shot with him. I think and Devontae Smith won it, and then uh, Michael Penix. Same thing, good team around him. So I think Jane Daniels was the right answer here. I really, really do. I kind of agree with Dan. I kind of hope he does go to the Steelers. We need a good quarterback in the system, especially one who can run. Not giving up on Kenny just yet, but I want to be too, too mad. Overall, I think it's a good call. I think he's the most deserving of it. I really, really do. Uh, yeah. I think just Jaden Daniels on any NFL team would be very fun to watch that's why i think steelers fans would want him that would be the aggressive move by the steelers but i will say too marvin harrison i don't think deserved it just because i mean he is probably the best player in a way just off of talent but off of the season no and i blame kyle mccord a bit for that but he won't be with ohio state anymore but i mean malik neighbors had a better season in my opinion and he was not nominated Bo Nix, Penix, they kind of hurt their chances in their final game against each other. But congrats to Jaden Daniels on winning the Heisman. But speaking of a Bo Nix, Bo Nix will not be the quarterback for the Oregon Ducks next season because he will be in the NFL draft as well, potentially a number one first-round pick, I should say. So what is Oregon going to do? Well, what what did they do? They decided to get a new quarterback, and his name is probably the best quarterback in the transfer portal, Dylan Gabriel of Oklahoma. The Oregon Ducks landed him. He is now in the Big Ten, I believe. Oregon's in the Big Ten, right? No? Yes, they will be in the Big Ten. Yeah. So they got Dylan Gabriel. Great ad, but you could also say this. Dylan Gabriel is running from the SEC because that's where Oklahoma was going to be. Not in the Big 12 anymore. So you could say Dylan Gabriel ran, kind of like Bo Nix, in a sense. But Dylan Gabriel is at Oregon. Oregon gets their quarterback for next year. Could be a Heisman candidate if Dylan Gabriel looks similar to how he did with Oklahoma. I think he could have a very good season. But uh, any thoughts from you 
with Dylan Gabriel? Uh, no, the fact that he's running away from the SEC. Crazy, man. Uh, division. Football is going to be crazy for college next year. It truly is. So I can't wait to see it, though. Yeah, it is going to be great next year. But we still have bowl games to discuss for the rest of this season. Over the next couple weeks, we will be talking all bowl games. So definitely stay tuned. Starting this week, we'll have bowl games. So moving on from college football, a couple more things we're going to discuss. Two more things primarily. Um, WV Sports, I was going to talk about them. I'm not going to discuss the men's basketball team. They do not even deserve to be mentioned at all. I will not even say what happened this past week with them. The women's team, though, women's basketball team is undefeated. I actually attended the game against number 25, Penn State, where the women's Mountaineers team beat them. So big congrats to the women Mountaineers. But the main thing to discuss real quick, the men's soccer, they had an incredible run, made it to the final four of the college football playoffs or soccer, where they lost against number nine, Clemson, by a score of one to nothing. Very unfortunate to see. I was really rooting for them. This actually happened during the Travis Scott concert, too. So it was very sad to get the news. The men's team was very good. I got to watch multiple games of them. I got to see two of them in person as well. Got to do pre-half and post for one of them. So... I got to follow this team a lot, and big congrats to all of them. They had a very successful season, especially Utaro Sukata. He had 12 goals and uh, 9 assists, I believe. Yep, and then he led the team in points with 33. All the way from Japan. Great player, Sukata. So, big shout out to the men's soccer team. But, last couple things we'll talk about here. The NBA in-season tournament. I know we did not cover it last week, so we're going to talk about it today because it officially ended on Saturday and we got the result as we were leaving the Godzilla movie. The Lakers defeated the Pacers, the, the, Indiana, the Indiana Pacers, by a score of 123 to 109 to win the inaugural NBA in-season tournament cup. LeBron James led this team with 24 points. Actually, he did not lead the team, technically. Anthony Davis led this team. Oh, my goodness. What a game from Anthony Davis. 16 of 24 for field goals. 20 rebounds. 5 assists. 41 points for Anthony Davis. Once it was the in-season tournament, he turned it on completely. And he wanted to win that thing. He really did. Austin Reeves also had a very good game with 28 points. LeBron at 24. Demarcus Russell had 13. Great win for the Lakers, winning the first ever in-season championship. Do you think this is a good idea, the in-season tournament? Yes, but also here's the thing, right? You're saying you won the in-season tournament championship, in my opinion, is saying that you got like a participant trophy. It's not like you get anything huge from it, you know? Like, you get money. You get an extra $500,000 for a player. Like, nothing crazy, you know? Um, the other thing I want to talk about, this does not make LeBron better than MJ whatsoever. MJ's never won an in-season tournament. I know. And I think if MJ would have been playing, he would have crushed the competition. I think MJ is way better than Le- Actually, I don't think he's way better, but I think he is better than LeBron. Let's put it that way. But... It doesn't feel like it's anything. Everyone's saying like, "Oh yeah, they won." They they won a little tournament. Like it's nothing crazy. Like that, that like you didn't win the NBA Finals, which is everyone's trying to win. I mean, here's the thing though: as Tommy DeVito scrambles for a first down and gets me fantasy points. Um, here's the thing though, right? It's like winning like the little preschool game you had when you were little. There's nothing to it, like. I think it's a great idea. It gives great basketball. Don't get me wrong. But don't go around and say this was like the Lakers' best thing ever. They No, 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 no. This was a basketball talk competition where everyone got on. So, yeah. Also, I do like the courts. I will say that. The courts look kind of sick. Um, I hope next year they fix it a little bit better and bring back like the, what's it called, the logo on the court for the NBA Finals. 
Um, but we will see. We'll see. Yeah. My thoughts on it quickly. Um, I would say I think this tournament could mean more in the future. That's why I think winning it now could be a big deal. Because let's just say like 20 years down the line, they're still doing this. It could actually mean something good. Like if they improve it over the years. So I think I think it's nice that the players tried during the tournament. Because I do think it could mean something a bit better down the line. This was the first year they did it. So it's not perfect. I would say one thing they should do. I'm not sure if they would. But make all the in-season tournament games happen at the same time. Because normally they would do them on Fridays. But then throughout the week, it would just be normal regular season games. So it almost just blended in too much with the regular season. I feel like the in-season tournament game should all happen at once in a way. So especially for the view- for the viewers, <laughs> they would know that every game happening for like this next week or two weeks is in-season tournament. So they could really pay attention. Instead, it's like the Warriors. I'm watching the Warriors. And they win their in-season tournament game, but then they're just playing regular season games right after. Hear me out. You do a red zone thing. Yeah. You have all the games going on at once and flip through it between all the games. That'd be awesome. The only downside I would see to it maybe is like once teams are eliminated, like what are they doing during that time? But then you just give them a break. Well, I'm saying, but there's like so many games going on at once that like you can do it for the first couple weeks. Yeah, I'm saying like once the tournament happens, it's like once teams are eliminated in a way. Yeah, well, what happened when once teams were eliminated? Did they just they go back just, to the regular season they just, schedule? They kept, yeah, they just kept playing their regular season games at that point. Like the Warriors were still playing during that time. So, yeah, I, I think all of the games, to make it better next year, have all of the games happen at once. I know all the games count toward the regular season, which they should still continue to do, but have them all be in-season tournament games at the same time for like concurrent weeks so that people can truly get on board with the tournament. And then there won't be like a day where it's not happening in a way. Every game can be regarded. I think that would be the move to do next year. Some people care about a bit more as the season goes on next year. I think that'd be a good idea, but congrats to the Lakers. Hopefully it means more next year. And I like the celebratory response LeBron did. He was very happy. Popped some champagne bottles. Also, uh, um, Bronny made his debut this week. Oh I'm God, sure we, we, we were never going to actually talk about this, but do you know how Bronny did? I saw a couple highlights. He had a nice block, really yeah, nice did. block, and he made a three-pointer and a nice pass. That's all I could see from his highlights. I'm trying to Google his highlights here. Hold on. Yeah, I will say I, that was I Bronny. I completely forgot about uh, He debuted against uh, this random team. Uh, they lost, by the way. Uh, yeah. He had 17 minutes, 33% chance on field goals, uh, 50% FT. Um, he got four points. Sounds about right. So he made a three-pointer and one free throw, I'm assuming. Free throw. But then again, so, he's only played one game, so... Yeah, I will say this, though, with Bronny. I'll just say one thing. First off, the the media is going to go insane with him when I don't think he... Ne- I don't think he's a player that deserves all of that attention. But I think he's a good player. He's not, like, an elite player or anything like that in college, but he's LeBron's son. So he's going to get the attention of an elite player, which I don't think is fair for him. You shouldn't have to be under that pressure. But he's every game he plays, he will be under that pressure. So every game I feel like is going to be covered about Bronny James and how he does. But I'm very happy, though, that he is playing because he obviously had that heart scare earlier this year. So he it is very attack. nice. Yeah, there's a heart attack. And... It's very good to see him playing. So I'm very happy to see him playing. But I feel like the media is going to blow it out of the water very soon. But uh, any final thoughts from you, Bronny? Nope. I just hope he does well. I think it'd be cool to see him play with his dad. I really do. But if he doesn't play well, I don't think anyone will draft him. Or they will. And then you get LeBron on your team. But you get an old LeBron. So... LeBron still looks like he's in his prime at this point. It's insane how LeBron is. I, the man can't age at all. No. He, he is that good. 
thought. Last thing I'll mention, we're not even going to talk much about it, but Carlin and I, next Monday, will attend a Penguins game. Your first of the, the season. First time. excited? I'm very excited. My first Penguins game of the season. Very excited this, for it. This is because we are going um, because I lost a bet. <laughs> you did lose a bet. The bet was with music. I made John listen to country music, and I was somewhat successful, but John was also somewhat successful. But at the end of the day, John was more right, so I said I could either give you the money or we could just go see a hockey game, and he says, I like that idea. So, yeah. Who's it against? Never seen? The Wild. Minnesota Wild, so Marc-Andre Fleury could potentially start. In that game. I think it would be pretty cool. It'll be a fun game. That will happen next Monday. So we'll probably talk a little bit about it after that game too. What we liked, what we didn't like. But that will happen next week. But that's going to do it. Actually, it's not going to do it. Real quick, final thing. I had one extra question. There are only two questions. We answered one of them early. We'll answer it real quick. This is from my mom. And we are watching the Charlie Brown Christmas special during dinner today. And she wanted to ask us what is our favorite christmas show or special or movie i was gonna say it could be anything yeah anything what's your favorite christmas thing to watch (laughs) okay so favorite christmas movie i love unaccompanied minors unaccompanied minors is one of my favorite christmas movies i also love home alone um and then i also like die hard die hard is a christmas movie here's the thing you did you say it is it is, yes. If it takes place during Christmas and has Christmas themes throughout the whole movie, it is a Christmas movie. Now, like Jurassic World takes place during Christmas, but it's not a Christmas movie because it's Christmas for a second. There's that. But favorite Christmas special, Rudolph's always good. Rudolph's a classic. I like Rudolph and Frosty. I haven't seen Rudolph and Frosty in years. Um, hot take, I hate the Grinch. The Grinch is one of my least favorite Christmas movies. The Jim Carrey one and the cartoon one. Hate them both. Um, but I'd rather watch the cartoon one over the movie. But yeah. Charlie Brown Christmas is a really good one, I will say. It's a classic. Yeah. For show, in a way, or special, I would say Charlie Brown. I always love watching that. We watched it today, and it's great. So many classic parts in it. The whole Christmas play and all that, and the tree at the end. <laughs> Favorite movie? I will say Christmas Vacation is always a classic. Such a good one. I love watching it every year. It's always funny. Um, Great movie. Elf is always a classic, too. I'd probably give it to Christmas Vacation. And Christmas Eve, our family. We always watch It's a Wonderful Life. That's a great one to watch. I've never seen It's a Wonderful Life. You should see it. It's a great movie. Great Christmas movie. It's black. I would. You know what's? You know what I love watching on Christmas Day or Christmas Eve, whatever it's on. I think what? it's Christmas Day. Christmas Story. It's so overrated. I'm sorry. No. You know what's overrated? So overrated. Opinion? You know what's overrated? In my opinion. What? Elf. Okay. We got a problem. Elf is not a Christmas. <laughs> okay. Christmas Vacation or not? Vacation. Okay. Story. Okay. Christmas okay. story is overrated because they play it all the okay. time on Christmas. That's, okay, okay, because they it's they normally do. Think about it this way though: Christmas Story is a classic. It's not like the best movie ever, yeah. but like to watch it on Christmas once is like a good thing. Now I wouldn't sit there and watch the twenty four hour marathon. I get annoyed of it, but like to watch one run through of a Christmas story is always a classic. Like same thing with Elf, but I feel like Elf to me is a little overrated. It's more of the fact that they play Christmas Story all day on Christmas. Like, it's good, but it's not I've seen, that good. I've seen 24 Hours of Elf. That's torture. Uh, yeah, I could see if they if they played Elf, like, all the time on Christmas, I would say it's overrated. But they don't. They play a Christmas Story all, the, all day. And I only care for it once, at most. That's it. But it's a classic, but I don't even think it's the funniest out of the bunch. But I will say... One, Iron Man 3 is technically also a Christmas movie. It takes yeah, place during Christmas. It is. Also, a uh, hot take. I like the Guardians Christmas special. I do too. Very good It special. wasn't anything bad. Um, I've never seen the Star Wars one. I would love to see the Star Wars one. I don't think I have either. But I heard it's I will, very bad. 
Oh dear, that might be not. I bet during Christmas time we will probably have an Under the Lights Christmas special episode. We did one for Halloween. Maybe we'll do one for oh. Christmas too. Yeah, it will be the it will be the Christmas special and holiday special. Yeah, because we we'll know Hanukkah is going on. We know yeah. Kwanzaa is going on. We'll call There's it the holiday just... special. We'll call yeah, it the holiday special. But final thing before I wrap up the episode, I was just reading about it. Drake May has officially entered the. 2024 NFL draft. He is officially entered as we were recording. He is not playing against WVU in the bowl game. He is going to the draft. So, congrats to Drake May. He will be either the first or second quarterback taken in the draft. Potential new Patriot or Bear. We will see. But, That's going to do it for Under the Lights this week. Thank you all for listening to us as always. Rest of this week, tomorrow on Wednesday, our NFL weekly episode will drop. And then on Thursday, our first week of bowl predictions will drop. we got 10 bowl games to predict. We'll go over each team that made it into the bowl game because every team that makes it into the bowl game deserves it. So... We will cover every team there for the first week. Make sure, as always, to follow us on our social medias. Carlin said in the episode he posted a TikTok. He's posted a couple, so definitely check those out. So make sure to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, slash X, TikTok, Facebook, and YouTube. You can find all those links in all of our podcast platforms in the link in bio. If you're an Apple podcaster, Overcast, go to the podcast website and click the link in bio there. But other than that... We got two more episodes playing this week. Definitely stay tuned for those with Carlin Jacob. I am John Dodera. Have a great day, everyone, and see you next time on Inside the Dome.